Good morning. Good morning. Welcome if you're watching at home or if you're on the road. I know one of our, one of our family members is driving truck today, and he said he was going to be tuning in while he was driving, so we want to, we want to lift him up, just started a new job. But uh, yeah, big, big hello, though, to everybody that's watching online, and a, a big happy Thanksgiving. Can I say that since it's over still? To everybody else here today. If you would, would you do me a favor and take out your worship bulletin? I've got a couple of quick announcements that I want to go over. First and foremost, all right, so how many kids are in here? Raise your hand if you're a kid, like physically a kid, not maturity-wise. All right, so this Wednesday night is Candy Palooza, all right? Candy Palooza at 6 o'clock. Now, what, what is Candy Palooza? What we're going to do is we're inviting you guys, the rest of you guys that are not kids, to come in here with a bag of candy, just like a trunk or treat. And we want you to line up on the walls, and we're going to let the kids come by, and you're going to give them candy, right? So kids, it's a time to, to your probably Halloween stash might be starting to run a little bit low, you know? You're welcome, parents. Uh, we're going to help fill that Halloween stash up back again with a bunch of candy. So parents, if you would come and just bring some candy with you and then just hand it out, uh, we're going to bless these kids. And then we have a, an evangelist and an artist that is going to be speaking to them and communicating God's word. And we're just going to make it an, an, a fun night. So that's this Wednesday at six o'clock. If you can come out, uh, we'd love for you to stay as well. It's not just for kids. We'd love to have families come out and just attend this event. So don't miss it, right? Kids, don't, don't forget, this Wednesday, 6 o'clock, Candy Palooza. Also, uh, we are going to be doing a live nativity on December 12th from 6.30 to 9. That's going to be at the park. The Festival of Lights starts December 10th. Dawn Moyer has, has graciously said that she will take that on and do our submittal to that, um, our display. She needs some help, so if you can help out. I know some of you already signed up. Uh, I'm sure she'll be contacting you. But December 12th, which is a Sunday night, we're going to be out there and we're going to dress up as the Nativity. So there's, there's costumes and everything like that. If you can come be a part of that. We just want to represent to our community, right? Be that light and uh, communicate the gospel through, through the Nativity. So if you can join us on that, we would really appreciate that. Children's play practice, December 11th and the 18th at 1230. We're gearing up for our Christmas play. So parents, do not forget those important times. Make sure that you're practicing and doing everything that you, that you need to. Um, also, too, there's going to be a Christmas carol event at the First United Methodist Church on December 4th, which is, is that Friday or Saturday? Saturday. Okay, so at 6 p.m., uh, if you would like to come out to that and be a part of that, the community is in, all invited, and, and I hope we have a good showing there and support uh, another church that believes in Jesus Christ, right? We, we want to we support. We, we want to support our brothers and sisters. Yeah, I've said this before. We might have some things that we disagree on, but uh, the main thing we agree on, and we want to support them. So if you can come out to that, we would love to, to see you there. All right, also notice in the bulletin this time, there's some praises in there. All right, so uh, somebody's like, Joan just finally went to grab her bulletin. She was like, I don't care about the other stuff, but all right, she heard praises, right? But Operation Christmas Child, we collected 80, more than 83 shoe boxes. So can we give everybody a round of applause for that? <clears throat> Change the life jar, um, all told, actually, let me update this, over $1,000. We were able to support a family that's in need, yeah. And then a uh, big shout-out to Idle Machine Shop. We asked them to, to create a step for our van because we have some people that have trouble getting in there, right, into those vans, and, and as we get older people, too, that need help. Um, so they fabricated this big step that just makes it a lot easier to get up into that van, and they did it completely free. So uh, if you know anybody from that shop, would you let them know? Or maybe if you don't, call them and just tell them that we appreciate them for doing that. That's just unbelievable, all right? And then I just wanted to say a thank you to everyone that helped out with the food giveaway last 
Monday. Monday, right? Uh, what did I, when I type? So the previous month, we had probably a little over 10 people out at the food giveaway total, and we were busting our butts. This last time, we had over 40 out there, right? And, and the Church of the Nazarene was well represented with a bunch of people out there. So thank you for everybody that did that. All right, those are the announcements that I have. I don't know about you, but I, I feel kind of rushed today. And I just want to slow down and just remember who we're here for, right? We're, we're here to praise the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It's, it's Advent season, and uh, we are focusing in especially on the, on the birth of our Lord and Savior and what he's done for us. And I just want us to give him praise and to just kind of clear our heads and put our focus in on him and worship him, right? We're, we're getting ready to sing. And I pray, I pray that we don't just worship with our voices, but we worship with our light, with our lives, with our hearts, with our minds, everything that we have. Amen? All right, would you stand with me? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for today. Lord, I thank you for the ability to corporately come and worship with my, my family. Lord, I pray that uh, this time would be devoted to you, devoted to exalting your name, devoted to honoring you, devoted to giving you praise, Lord. And I pray that you would be a part of this. I pray that you would speak to us. Lord, open our eyes and our ears. Soften our hearts to receive what you have for us. Lord, we pray that you would speak mightily through your word. I pray that it would ring loud and clear in our hearts. Lord, we give you all praise. In your name we pray. Amen.
If you would, would you turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 17, beginning at verse 11. Luke 17, beginning at verse 11. Uh, as you're turning there, let me remind you, next week is Friend Day. Every, every Sunday is Friend Day where we invite friends to church. But next week, especially as Friend Day, uh, God's given me a message that I think um, is, is going to be perfect for that. And I can't wait to, to share that. I already have my Christmas message, and that's unusual because I hate preaching on Christmas because it's like, uh, what do you preach? It's been preached before, and how do you make it interesting? And I don't know, but I'm excited to share that as well. I know a pastor shouldn't say that. I hate preaching on Christmas, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. But today, Luke chapter 17, beginning at verse 11. And um, ladies who help out with the funeral, I'm sure that there's going to be a funeral dinner coming out, coming up for uh, Tim and, and guys who help out with sound. So I'll let you know and communicate that when that, but let's be ready as a church to, to respond to that. All right, Luke chapter 17, beginning at verse 11. This is a story of the 10 lepers. And this is my Thanksgiving message. Um, I think it, it's perfect for that. It's, it's the story of 10 lepers that were healed by Jesus. And I'll, I'll get into why I'm thinking that it's good for Thanksgiving. But before we get into that, I just want to share a little bit about leprosy. And leprosy is not something that we see today. It is, it is treatable today. Back then, though, it was a death sentence. And when you think of leprosy, you, you probably think of skin rashes and um, chunks of skin falling off and maybe the loss of limbs or, or body parts. Uh, those are some of the things that people had to deal with back in this in this time period, the smell from that. Um, there's a lot of things going on. Leprosy causes nerve damage and really makes it hard. Uh, it can cripple you. It can blind you. I read one commentary that said that it can even take away your voice. Uh, when you think about leprosy, um, it's rough, right? Uh, this is a life-changing illness. This is a death sentence. This is something that you would have to stay away from people. You, you couldn't be around your family if you were to contract this. Um, Leviticus 13.45 says this, Anyone with such a defiling disease must wear, must wear torn clothes, let their hair be unkempt, cover the lower part of their face, and cry out, unclean, unclean. You had to let everyone know that you were unclean. And as long as they have the disease, they remain unclean. They must live alone. They must live outside the camp. So this is what these 10 men that we're going to realize with leprosy had to deal with. And I just want you to file that away and kind of put that in, in the back of your head. No hope. No hope at this time. Right? Just waiting to die. And, and very much alone. They, they had banded together, but alone from their their family. Luke chapter 7, Luke chapter 17, verse 11. Would you stand with me in honor of God's word? Because this is the word of the Lord, right? I hope, I hope before you read, you are praying and you're asking the Holy Spirit to speak to you through his word. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, Ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. This is the word of the Lord. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for it being a light unto our feet. Father, I pray that it would speak loud and clear to us today. Holy Spirit, you have reign. You have right of way. Speak to us. Challenge us. Help us to, to turn into people who, who are transformed to look like you. Help us to go out of this place 
and share the good news with those people that we come into contact with. Father, we love you and we give you all praise. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Let's start off with some math. How many of you guys love math? Seriously? Okay. Wow, I love math. I hate English. I love math. All right. Easy, easy math question, though. Uh, it's Sunday. We'll take it easy. How many lepers had the faith to receive a miracle from Jesus? Ten, right? Somebody said one. Ten. All ten. Jesus is traveling along the border, and he's going into this village. Ten men meet him at a distance. At a distance, these ten men are in a permanent quarantine. We know a little bit of what that's like, but they were not allowed to approach. So they call out to Jesus, "Master, have pity on us." And Jesus answers and says, "Go, show yourselves to the priests." And as they went, they were cleansed, all ten of them. That's an amazing miracle. All ten healed, and that should be the end of the story, right? Jewish rabbis broke miracles into two types. The, the first type of miracle was the type that any person could perform as long as they were empowered by God. The second type, though, of miracles performed were the ones that only the Messiah, only God could perform. And there were three that they thought were these types of miracles, the second type. They were three that if anybody did all of these, they would point to that person as the Messiah. One involves casting out a demon, which we know, a mute demon, which we know Jesus did. Another is about healing a person that was born blind, which we know Jesus did. But the other one involved healing someone of leprosy. From the time of the Mosaic law until Christ came, no one no man or woman had healed a leper. The only, the only account that we have is from Naaman, and that's when he bathed in the Jordan River. He was not a Jew, but God healed him directly, right? So a, a great miracle takes place. Ten are healed. And as I started with the question, all, all ten of these had enough faith to be healed. Jesus tells them, go show yourself to the priests, Right? The leprosy is not gone at this point. They still have it. But Jesus says, go show yourself to the, pe- to the priest. He doesn't remove it and then say, go show yourself. Right? They start leaving when they actually have this. And along the way, that leprosy is cleansed. It's removed. This, this would not have been easy. I talked about the, the nerve damage, right? Probably some of them, it would have been even difficult to walk and difficult to get around. Some might have had to crawl because they've lost body parts to this disease. The the faith that these guys had was impressive. What would have happened if they started to go show themselves to the priest and they still had the leprosy when they got there? That's what I would be thinking. I, I would want to wait until God took care of it, but that's not faith right? Faith moves. Faith is a crutch that enables us to keep moving when we're still dealing with things, when we still have ailments. So it took faith to start moving. So healing, healing these 10 lepers was an incredible account, but Luke doesn't want to focus in on that because obviously the story continues. It doesn't stop there. Luke says, hold on, there's something else I want to point out. There's something else more interesting about this miracle that you need to realize. And the interesting part were that 10 were healed, 10 received the miracle, but only one came back. And only one receives a special acknowledgement from Jesus, right? Only this Samaritan, we've talked about Samaritans before, Samaritans and Jews did not like each other. They did not respect each other. Uh, Jews typically looked down on Samaritans, but Jesus was above all of that, right? And he points out that this Samaritan's man's faith was different. Why was it different? It's because his faith was accompanied by thankfulness. 
was accompanied by gratitude. Ten lepers had faith. They took Jesus at his word and were healed. They were changed. They were cleansed. But while ten had faith, only one had enough gratitude to come back and thank Jesus. Verse 17, what does Jesus ask this man? We're not all ten cleansed? Rhetorical question. He knows they were, right? The Greek word for cleanse is katharizo in here. It's where we get the word catheter from. It means to clean out. We're not all ten cleansed? Yes. But then in verse 19, he says, rise and go. Your faith has made you not katharizo, but sozo. He uses the Greek word for salvation. He says, your faith has saved you. Ten had the faith to be physically healed. One had the faith to be spiritually healed. The key difference was this one man's thankfulness, his gratitude that set him apart. And that's why I wanted to preach on this today, because gratitude and thankfulness can, can take you to places, deep places. There's a, there's a faith that can receive, but gratitude and thankfulness can take your faith deeper. There's a deeper level. Why? Because thankfulness, because gratitude brings us to the feet of Jesus. Gratitude, thankfulness, brings us to the feet of Jesus. You, you don't just focus in on the, the gift, right? You focus in on the gift giver. The one who's giving. And salvation starts when we recognize who Jesus is. We, we have this cat now in my household. There's a member of our family that is not real animal friendly, let's just say. We won't mention any names. We'll just leave that at that. But we have a cat. Uh, it was young. It was abandoned. And we adopted and, and brought it uh, into our garage. And here, here's the thing with this cat, though. All right. Most days, I, I get up first in the house uh, throughout the week. And so the cat will be meowing. And I will let him into the house. And sometimes I will share my food with it. I will pet it. I will pick it up. You know, I will talk to it like a little kid right? Oh, how you doing? You know, and, and usually later on, I'm the one who will bring it in, and, and my kids do as well a little bit, but I treat it well, right? Um, sometimes I, I let it come in at night. Like, if I get kicked out to the couch for snoring, <laughs> I'll let the cat in and let him sleep by me. I don't tell that other person about that, but it's cold in our garage, right? normally during this time. So I'm good to this cat. And here's the thing, though. It always turns on me. It always bites me. It always scratches me. Like, I will be petting, and all of a sudden, something, a flip gets switched. My, my kids can testify to this. A flip gets switched, and it just starts biting me. Sometimes I'll have bare feet, and it will come up and just attack my feet. And if you've ever been attacked on your feet, man, that is a sensitive area that this cat is, is coming to. And I'm like, seriously, cat, do you know who you're messing with? I'm the one that's for you, right? I'm the one that's supporting you. I'm the one that's trying to get you into this house full time. I'm not Ethan. Ethan torments the cat, right? He should bite Ethan. I'm nice to the cat. And yet every time this cat does this, and I wish it would just realize, hey, I'm the master here, right? Treat me with some respect. Show some gratitude. How could a cat not recognize that, right? A cat has three responsibilities. Don't scratch the furniture. Don't pee in the house. And just appreciate me, man. Appreciate what I've done for you. I've brought you in. I've done all these things for you. I am your hope, cat. (laughs) The only reason you're here, I really believe this, is because of me. You know what I thought, though? Man, isn't that the same as us with God? Don't we realize what God has done for us? Do we? Do we really realize that? 
Do we have a clue about everything he does for us? Do we realize everything he provides for us? Do we understand what's been given to us? Or do we just focus and, and, and look at the things, the gifts, and miss who it's coming from? I think if we focused in on more the person, right, more on God, it would bring us to his feet in praise and worship, wouldn't it? Verse 15 says, He came back praising God in a loud voice, and he throws himself at Jesus' feet, thanking him. I think if we were more thankful, I think if we had more gratitude, we'd be sitting at his feet more. We'd be, remember, branch life? We'd be abiding in him. We're too busy, though, aren't we? We're too busy to be connected to him. I I think if we had more gratitude and more thankfulness, that we would approach church differently. Church is optional today. Fully optional. Come when you feel like it. Don't give it a second thought if you miss it. Don't give it a second thought if you miss corporately praising and worshiping and hearing from the Lord. The average person today, statistics, who considers themselves a committed Christian attends 1.4 times a week. I'm sorry, 1.4 times a month. 1.4 times a week would be great. 1.4 times a month. That means you come once and then you come a second time, but you leave after praise and worship. 1.4 times a month. I don't think we're grateful. I don't think we're truly thankful. You know, our, our prayer team started with a room full of people and we met before the service. 20 plus. And a, and a few weeks ago, it was me and I think two other people in there. It just slowly dwindles and dwindles and dwindles. Today it was all on me because I met there late, you know. But I, we always announced it. Hey, if, if you'll come and pray for the service, you know, we'd love to have it. You don't even have to say anything. You just have to be in there and pray, you know. But we don't. We don't. Our group is shrinking. And, man, I, can I tell you a difference? There is, there is a real difference when that room is full and people are praying. Your prayers are important. I think that the enemy has gotten to some of us and said they don't matter. They don't work. But, man, that's, that's the time to double down and to really pray through those times. This body needs you. Man, it would be awesome to go into the chapel and see it full before a service. It would. Here's the reality, though. Less and less people praying. At the same time, bigger and bigger prayer list. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed our prayer list? We, we don't even put it in the, the bulletin anymore because it's gotten too large. It's gotten too big. Less and less people praying, bigger and bigger prayer lists. We'll, we'll ask for that prayer, but are we willing to return it? Are we like the, the ten we receive, but, but nine don't come back? Only one does. Thanksgiving is a time to remember and to be grateful. I'm grateful that people pray for me, and I want to return that and pray for you. Right? Jesus asks, We're not all ten cleansed. Where are the other nine? I hope today is a reminder to be like the Samaritan, the leper that, that came back, the one that is grateful for what Christ did for him. Let that motivate you. Does, does anybody have a $100 bill that they would give me right now? Does anybody have a $100 bill? That they would give me. Do you, you got hundred? All right. Can I have it? No, I have. There's more than one, one, in, one in there, man. I should ask for more, right? Thank you, Daniel. I appreciate that. I, I'm, I'm serious. I'm grateful. I'm thankful for this. So, I mean, honestly, I think this is like a $200 message, so you're getting a bargain here, only giving $100. So I appreciate that, all right? 
And, and like, like I said, I'm serious, by the way. You know, I, I really do appreciate that. But all right, so the, the guy, the leper in Luke 17 is clearly different, right? For the leper, it was easy to come back and worship. Are you guys okay with this? Me keeping this? Right? Some of you guys are looking at me, a little, giving me a little bit. I'm about ready to go give Daniel 250s. You're ready to give Daniel 250s? You could just give me 250s too, right? Some, some of you looking like, like, like uh, you're seriously concerned about this. I see it on your face, and, and I don't think we can move forward until we deal with this. Um, that would not be right of me to just keep this money, right? You gave it to me? Okay. Yeah, just take it from him. Yeah, no. I don't think it would be right if I, if I kept that. But what if I told you that I actually gave Daniel a $100 bill right before the service? And I, I said, hey, Daniel, I need your help with this. I'm going to do this, and would you give it back to me? You know, I entrusted him with it. He gave it back to me. That, that's what happened. I didn't take his money, right? A um, little different situation when you know that when you think about that. Big difference for him. It's a lot easier for him to give me $100 when, when I gave it to him first than to just give me $100. And here's what I want us to see. You know, really, all God is doing is asking us to give back what he's already given us. Right? What's the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with, with everything, right? Love God. Greatest commandment. He's asked, that's what he's asking us to do. What did he do first? The word of God says that he loved us first. Right? We're just giving back. He's just asking us to return it. Didn't he, didn't he demonstrate that love for us? Romans 12.1, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in, views of, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. That's, that's a heavy thing to ask for, right? God is asking you to die to yourself, to offer yourself as a living sacrifice. That would be heavy. That would be a, a heavy request if he didn't do that for us right? If he didn't go to the cross for us, in view of that, in view of him going to the cross for us, can you just die to yourself? Can you just return what I've already given to you? He calls us to serve. Oh man, I don't know if I have time, Jesus. But that request came from the one who demonstrated being a servant leader. Right? Remember the story where he's washing his disciples' feet. Taking on the lowest of lowest jobs. That's what he did for us. And he just asked us to be grateful and return it. Right? Do we dare tell God that we don't have time? Man, I don't want to go down that road, I think if we do, we'll be like the nine lepers who, who didn't come back, who were, got too busy. Something happened that got in the way. I don't know why they didn't come back, but, but I know they weren't grateful. Or they didn't ex- express that gratitude to him. Do, do you see the incredible gift that was given to them? He saved their lives. He saved their lives. He totally changed their position in society right? He restored them fully. He took 10 men who had no hope and gave them all the hope that they needed. He changed everything for them. And holy smokes, nine of them didn't come back and thank him. Man, that's me. Because I don't give him the thanks that he deserves. I don't give him the worship and the praise that he deserves. 
Man, I don't want to be that way. Don't have time to pray? Too busy to help with church? I don't think we've understand what's been given to us. I don't think we're thankful like we should be. I pray that, that we just see we're returning what's, what's been given to us. That's what I really wanted us to get with the talents challenge. Remember when we did that? We gave you an envelope with $50 in it, $20 in it, or $10. We entrusted that to you, and we said, multiply it and return it. I, I wanted us to see that God entrusts us with things. Money, time, relationships. Man, and we owe it to him because of what he's done for us to return those things, to return a portion of those things, right? You know, I, I hope that you see, I hope that I really get this deep down, that everything we have is from God. I, I used to have a problem giving money to God. That used to be a big hang-up for me. It was my money. I made it. Grew up with not a lot of money, so I wanted to hang on to it. I would give God the, the scraps left over, whatever I thought I could afford or, or give to him that wouldn't hurt. And, and then I changed that, and I started giving more. I started giving regularly to him. And I thought, man, I'm doing pretty good. Got a, got a kind of a puffed head about it. I thought, man, I'm doing God a favor. Look, look at how much I'm, I'm giving God. Look at what I'm doing for you, Lord. Look how much I, I sacrifice, right? And today I realize I don't give God one thing. I don't give God one dollar. I am only returning a portion of what was entrusted to me. And it's not just money, right? It's everything. He owns it all. Being thankful helped me realize that. People hold back. Some people came up to me today and asked me about tithing and and giving and everything like that. And we had so this was in my sermon before, and I don't want you to think like I'm changing my sermon to address you or anything like that. All right, so please don't think that way. But people hold back from giving a portion back to God. People do. In Malachi, God says, "You rob me." The people are like, "How do we rob you?" God responds by saying, "By not bringing in tithes and offerings." He's given you money. He's given you time. He's given you talents. And they are to be used to build the kingdom, right? We're not the church that always preaches, hey, give, 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 give to us. We, we put our offering plates in the back, right? We don't even pass them. But I want us to be thankful. I want us to be thankful and to realize that everything is a gift from God. Everything is a gift from God. And we should return a portion of it, right? Out of gratitude, out of thankfulness. Man, Malachi says there's a curse if you don't. Be careful with that, man. I've never given God money. God will never take something from you that wasn't his to begin with. He just asked us to return a portion back, a portion that's entrusted to us. Uh, Another problem that I have, that gets in the way of me being thankful. I'm a, I'm a complainer. It's like a complainer and prayer put together. Uh, I like to spend a lot of time praying, complaining to God about poor me and poor situations and, you know, things in my life. I, I'm good at saying that. Uh, I used to do this more, and then Psalm 100 hit me. Psalm 100, verse 4 says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues throughout, through all generations. Sometimes when I get in that complainer mood and I start doing it, it's like God says, shut up, just stop, right? Just, just how about you thank me? How, you be, how about you just be grateful? How about you, you give me praise? This is what gratitude can take us to. Gratitude takes us into the presence of God. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts 
with praise. In other words, that's how we come into his presence. That's how we should come into his presence. That's how we should approach him. No matter what's going on in our lives, no matter what, why? Verse 5 gives us some good answers. For the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. Thank you, Lord. His faithfulness continues throughout all generations. Father, I praise you for that, right? That's just one verse. That's just one verse. That's just one reason why we can approach him with thanksgiving and praise, right? I, I just finished reading The Hiding Place by Corey Ten Boom. Again, great book, right? How many of you read this book when you were younger? Get this book. Man, what, a, what an amazing challenge for your life and faith. Man, get, get this book. But um, uh, I bought a copy for my kids because I think it's so good. So, so get it. But true story, it's about this Dutch family that hid Jews from Nazi Germany during World War II. Eventually, though, they get caught, right? And, and a bunch of their family is arrested. And, and in particular, these two sisters find themselves in jail and in horrible conditions. There's a, a point at the end of this book where they get taken to Ravensbrück. Ravensbrück was a prison, a concentration camp, actually in Germany. Horrible place. They're abused. They're starved. The conditions are just, just horrible. And, and there's a point where they get moved into their permanent barracks. And when they get moved into this place, they notice something. It's infested with fleas. It, it's like the final straw for, for Corey. She's had enough at this point with everything that they're dealing with. Now they have to deal with fleas 24-7 while they're in there. It's just one too many things. But her, but her sister, sister Betsy prays, and she says, you remember that passage of Scripture we were reading this morning? She's like, what was it? Read that to me, Corey. And so Corey opens up First Thessalonians 5.14 and it says, Comfort the frightened. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. See that none of you repays evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to all. Rejoice always. Pray constantly. And the part that you need to hear, give thanks in all circumstances. Give thanks in all circumstances circumstances. Betsy's like, that's it. That's God's answer to us. That's what we can do. And she encourages Corey to, to thank God for the fleas. And Corey's like, no way God can make me thankful for the fleas, but I will, I will do this because it is God's word. And so she adds our prayer to Betsy, and they give thanks to God even for the fleas. By the end of the book, you realize, Corey and Betsy come to realize, they're actually surprised because they're able to minister to everyone in their barracks. They're able to share the word of God freely. They're, they're able to, to help people, to minister to them without any interference from the guards. And it's only until a little bit later that they realize that the reason that the guards won't come in there is because of the fleas. And they remember back. Corey remembers back to that first day where she thanked God for the fleas. Give God thanks in all circumstances. I don't know what's going on in your lives today, but you can still praise Him. You can still give Him thanks. You might be dealing with some heavy things. But you know the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he's for you. He loves you. He can turn anything for your good. Amen? Amen. I don't know about you, but I want to do a lot less complaining and a lot more thanking God. I want to come into his presence with thankfulness with praise, no matter what's going on in my life. I want that to be on my lips. I want that to be in my heart.
not complaining, being thankful, being full of gratitude is how you enter into his presence. It's being grateful for what he's done. When, when I notice something, when I'm able to move from complaining to praising, I, I see more clearly what I have to be thankful for. And it's a lot. I see how much God is doing. I see how much God has done. The, the mountain that I was focusing on, it doesn't always move. But the mountain in my heart, that gets moved. And as I'm going through that process, guess what? The things I was complaining about, he starts taking care of them too. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and praise. He's changing my heart, man, and I, I praise him for that. My friends, we, we can't just be receivers. That's, that's the problem with the church, people in the church. We can't just be receivers like the nine. We have to be thankful returners like the one. That's why the title is Be the One. We, we can get things on faith, but we have to give back. Give back our thankfulness, our praise, our gratitude like the one. This is the truth for me, and let me know if it's the truth for you. If the Lord did, never did another thing for me, he'd still be worthy of my praise. If the Lord did a, never did another thing for me, I'd still owe him the rest of my life. Like if he just stopped, said, you're done, don't, bo- don't bother prayer, praying anymore, I'm not going to answer them, I'd still owe him all my praise, all my honor, everything because of what he's done for me. He died for me. He died for you. He set me free. He saved me from myself. He saved me from my sin. He bore the weight of that. He paid the price for that. He healed my heart. He's given me peace. He's given me joy. He's restored me. He's redeemed me. He's given me a good family. He's given me a good church family. And he calls me his son. Praise God, right? If he never did another thing for me, I'll praise him. In the world searching for more, he's enough. Would you stand with me? I want to be the one that's not too busy. I want to be the one that doesn't complain. I want to be the one that is just thankful for all that he's done for me. And I want to live out in response to that. I want to live out in gratitude for my Lord and Savior coming to this earth and dying on a cross for me. And I want to share that with other people. I want other people to know this freedom. I want other people to know this joy. I want other people to know this peace. Lord, give me an opportunity. Give us all an opportunity this week to share that with someone, right? Don't get in the habit of complaining. Don't be ungrateful. You you might compare yourself to somebody else and you might be ungrateful. Don't do that. Look to the cross. Look at how valuable you are to the King of kings and to the Lord of lords. And respond out of that gratitude, that thankfulness. Amen? What about you? Be the one, right? Don't be like everybody else. Don't be like the nine. Be the one. Come back into his presence. Abide with him. Father, we love you.
We thank you for today. We thank you for all that you've done for us. Lord, I pray that if there's somebody out here that does not know that you died for them, that you would speak to their hearts right now and assure them of that. And I pray that they would put their faith and their trust in you and that they would give you their entire lives, Lord. Father, I pray that you'd give us opportunities, like I said, this week to tell someone, to plant a seed, to water a seed, to take a seed and bring it to maturity, Lord. Let us be a part of your work. Let us be a part of what you're doing. Holy Spirit, provide us those those weird appointments with people that don't make any sense. And let us be bold. Let us share the good news. Let us share our testimonies with people. Let us share what you've done in our lives, how you've changed our lives. Let us share how we were once lepers, how we were once dead, how we once had no hope. But then we met you. And you changed everything. You flipped our lives upside down. You showed us what's most important. Let our life be a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to you. Lord, we praise you and we thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. You are dismissed.